This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast. I'm Tyler, and with me today are Hunter, Toby, Dan. And today we're going to talk about the Pathfinder Adventure Path, Carrion Crown, starting with the first module, The Haunting of Harrowstone. Now, Hunter, you were the one who came to us saying, let's play this adventure. I was. I was. I read this and fell in love with it. Playing playing horror campaigns in, in Dungeons & Dragons is difficult. It's difficult to create a sort of setting where the PCs are afraid of whatever it is they're going to fight. It's difficult to sort of create an atmosphere where the PCs feel, you know, alone and terrified and that they might not survive. I mean, it's not it's not a typical standard setting for players to be in a position where, you know, they're afraid of the horror that lurks beneath the icy waters. Mm-hmm. Um, because the entire point of D&D is kill monsters and take their stuff. Like, you already know that you're going to be fighting monsters and you already sort of expect to win those fights. Um, but this, this was really good. This was a very Van Helsing horror fantasy sort of setting and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And this is this is set in the the Pathfinder this is set in the sta- world. Yeah, yes. set in the standard campaign world of Galarian. Yeah. The nation of Ustalau, which is apparently all of Eastern Europe rolled up together. Transylvania. Yes. <laughs> Plus a little bit of the swamp. It's Transylvania and Uberwald <laughs> and uh, yes. yep. and a lot of pickles. And a lot of pickles, yeah. That's pickles true. came up later in the adventure oh, path. God, way too many pickle jokes. <laughs> Uh, no. But in the beginning, we uh, there were no pickles. There were no pickles. It was a sad, it was a sad, sad time in the village of Ravengro, which is where the action started. This is what PCs do to your game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is this when you tell them that it's a Van Helsing setting. Everyone has a black hue, like a big black trench coat, and like a big <laughs> witch hunter hat. And you know, you that. guys are going to be killing monsters. This is what we get. We get pickle jokes, and no, really, the PCs the take pickle it seriously. Have to come for us. <laughs> Uh, we hadn't gotten to the golems yet. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the haunting of Harrowstone. So that was the pitch you came to us with. Yep. And we all signed on for various different reasons. Like, Toby, what did you think about it? Um, you I heard about this before, Yes. So that's the strongest motivating force. Um, you didn't want to be alone on Wednesday nights? <laughs> I did not want to be alone on Wednesday nights. And... It also looked cool, and I was very jealous of the fact that Hunter was reading these campaign books that I was not allowed to look at, and so I wanted to know what was happening, because he kept promising that it was really neat and spooky, um, and I wanted to play a summoner, so... And not be alone on Wednesday nights! <laughs> it's okay, we understand. <clears throat> Dan? I wanted to play some D&D, well, Pathfinder in this case, and it really wasn't... And I wasn't going to say no. If I thought it was terrible, <laughs> if I thought the whole thing was horrible, I might have said no, but it's, yeah, it's fine. I guess I couldn't blame you for that. So, you know, <laughs> you know, if we were going to play in, you know, I, I don't even want to come up with some stupid example, but it was, it looked interesting, and you know, why not? I hadn't, I hadn't been playing in a D&D game of any sort, any kind of role playing on a regular basis really at the time, and, uh, that's always fun, so. Okay. Personally, I was missing having a regular campaign because yeah. Masks of No at the Tap, which we had all played all together, apart, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it sort of rolled up as yep. those things do. And true. so I was missing that. Rolled up like the second time our characters died. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one who died. That's true. That's true. The rest of us had just gotten committed. 
Yeah, you know, these things happen. But we did originally have our GM from that campaign playing in this one. He did, yep. He now lives in Southern He wasn't playing that? Yep. He was playing an archivist who was known to declaim in in stentorian tones. Yeah. He was very a, setting appropriate, I might add. That was a very bard variant. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was an archivist, died. but maybe it was. It was I believe it was, yeah, an, it was the archivist. The archivist is a bard archetype from the advanced players. Oh, okay. Guide. Yep. Yes. Uh, Darius Colfax St. James. Carfax. 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 I always forget. Yep. Carfax. Darius Carfax St. James. Oh, that was a good one. Big shout out to Darius. <laughs> And so we, long, long. The, all these PCs met in the village of Ravengro because mm-hmm. their mentor had recently died. Mentor, employer, uh, old teacher. person of significance. Think Hellboy's dad. That's Aww. essentially that's essentially what this guy was. He was he was. Yep. I mean, Hellboy's dad is exactly how I envisioned him. And that's even, a good casting. Even with the cool that, that was the I, I think I made a mention yeah, of that cool repeatedly man. through the. Yeah, I mean, he looks, I mean, he can look like whatever you want. There's no picture of him in here, but when I had sort of imagined him in my head, that was... Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Good one. Yeah. So th- that was uh, that was how it started, and there was a funeral. Yep. Unfortunately, Professor Lorimer was killed. Um, the PCs later find out that he was murdered by a group of necromancers. That was that's one of the mysteries that you uncover throughout this adventure. And he was killed by the Whispering Way and the PCs arrive in Ravengrow to attend his funeral. Mm-hmm. And um and then see after his house and his daughter Kendra. So who who were the PCs that showed up in Ravengrow, Toby? Um I played Solus Lightwarden, who is an elf from Lepidstadt. Um, who is a summoner. A summoner is a class from the Advanced Player's Guide, and it is a spontaneous caster magic user whose primary asset is summoning beasts, particularly a singular Eidolon who um, can change every level, but who's the same every time when summoned, and who has stats and feats and skills and all that kind of thing. So Solus lived in Lepidstadt with his parents, where they had moved when Solus's unusual talent began to manifest, and he had worked with Professor Lorimer's predecessor at the University of Lepidstadt and knew Professor Lorimer from the time he was but a wee grad student. Which in health terms is what? A decade? <laughs> <laughs> That's like 35 yeah, so years. Solus is like, he's like 140 at time of this adventure, so he was young still when Lorimer showed up. A raw 50? <laughs> yeah, yep. a raw a raw yeah. 50 or 60. <laughs> Dan? Uh, I was playing Sir Horace Gunderson, a somewhat impoverished uh, fellow from an upper-class family whose father had squandered the family money. And it's still the wealthiest in the party, as I recall. <laughs> yes, uh, yes um, I mean, it was. he, he started cash. with a little bit of extra starting cash from taking the... Um, I forget what the trait's called, but it starts with just an even 900 gold pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, which is still not a whole lot of money if you come from an upper-class family. Uh, so he started, you know, with, like, the family sword and things like that. Not that it helped him necessarily. Uh, he was a fighter and somewhat... Um, Callow. Uh, a little. Yeah, he wasn't that bad, but he was kind of, he was, you know, pretty jaded and, and snide at times. I remember one of my favorite exchanges was, uh, you followed Kendra upstairs. And 
Or shouted, she's got money! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Man, they did not waste any time fighting over Kendra. As far as I'm concerned, Kendra is still a baby, and anyone who touches her is going to be true. Kendra is, like Hunter mentioned, Lorimer's daughter, who was in a grieving period at the time when these rough-and-tumble adventurers moved into her house for a month. Yeah, I don't don't understand why the guy wrote his will like, and then you should live with my daughter for a month. (laughs) Yeah. What? Just to make oh, sure I... nothing happened. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. It's just kind of funny, and he did have a big house. It was also he it was also so house. she could decide whether or not she wanted to stay in Ravengrove. She wanted oh, to sell the house, get all of her that's possessions true. in order, and all of his. Stuff did she ever decide? Um, you know, still thinking. Darius, still thinking. Although I think Darius is still crashing on the couch. She should just downgraded from a room to the couch. She should just marry Darius. Oh. Uh, Come I on, he's great husband material. He can't go to the privy, but other than that, <laughs> he's fine. The privy jokes, along with the pickle jokes, are those come in later on. <laughs> yeah, that that starts up when when the uh, PCs get to meet the esteemed Lopper, <laughs> who we'll get into a great detail later. But oh, anyway, the Lopper. We all arrive for the funeral. Yep. To be confronted with an angry mob. Which is our first sign that things were perhaps gone well, what about awry. what about your character? Oh right, oh. you were playing this too. <laughs> yeah, I was actually in this, in this game and should maybe. Discuss I did participate. Thing. I just didn't show up every week and watch everybody intently from the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. He have scribbled in a notebook a lot. It's a yeah, strange. A I took a lot. I took a lot of notes. It keeps me focused. Um, I was playing. I have been going to. Will continue playing an Inquisitor, uh, Alexandros Kalamaki. He was under. From a family that was ousted from one of the the Ustalagan counties that went democratic, and that was all very bitter. And his county of origin has not been narrowed down, despite Dan's every effort. Ah, uh, you've denied being from all three of the democratic ones so far. That's all I know. <laughs> so uh, I'm starting to wonder if perhaps it's not actually one of the democratic counties, and his family just hates him. <laughs> That's certainly a possibility. We'll find out in episode six. Yeah. But that was my character, he was an Inquisitor, which is sort of a dedicated monster hunting kind of guy, and is has its moments to play, I guess. How did you know Professor Lormer? You went on... He worked for him, I think, as a as a sub-level one monster hunter. I, yes. I was thinking about that the other day. That doesn't make any sense. Well, he did... The, the, important, the important thing for the PCs was that everybody needed to come up with a reason that they knew Professor Lormer. I'm sure he had interns. And, oh yeah, absolutely. And um, sure. intern monster hunter uh, subcontracted out. Yeah, Horace exactly. Had, um, Horace had, had had him as a tutor uh, back when his family had a bit of money and could afford to pay a well-known scholar to tutor their children. He still became a fighter and not anything you know that really requires tutoring. But you know these things happen. You still had a good. You still had a good intelligence yeah. score though. Yeah, yeah, so you had some skill points. He was a clever so. fighter. And mm-hmm. then I did like take the rogue classes later, and that was. You know why that was, that was going on. No, but he wasn't just a ro- uh, a fighter. He was a cad, wasn't right? It? Yes, I'd taken the cad archetype, which in retrospect I wouldn't do again because it's not very good. But uh, you lose the cat. The early archetypes are structured so that you lose some things and you get stuff that's not as good to give people reason to stay with the base class. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I thought the cat was kind of okay, but you you do lose more than you get, and you do you, the stuff. The things that I got were not that great. That's okay because it didn't fit the character. Mm-hmm. Um, being not that great? <laughs> uh, no, being, you know, somewhat underhanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was reasonably great as, fi- as a fighter. Uh, when I took the rogue levels, it diluted it a bit, but that's multi-classing for him. I was always happy to see him go to the front. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> could stay in yeah. the back. Because yes. I was rage-focused. You've actually... <laughs> it's it, true. 
That's true. Uh, those are the people who showed up, went to a funeral, had a will reading, all got some nifty treasure, which I enjoyed. Yep. Which was Hunter's first change to the adventure. That was that was my modification. My modification is is I wanted to leave. I wanted to give everyone an heirloom item. I wanted to have Professor Lorimer, you know, write in his will not just not just for the PCs to sit down and have the real the will being read and be like everything is left to Kendra. We're done. Like, <laughs> oh, but that, that I didn't was... I didn't want that. What I wanted was Kendra gets. You know, the house and all of the stuff. But Professor Lorimer, who loves all of, you know, his little mentors, has left... Mentees. mentees has left mentos. something. Mentos. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> mentor and the Mento. Has, yes, exactly. Has <laughs> left something for each of the PCs. So I left... Let's see. Darius got... Gloves? No, he got no. The, the monocle. Darius, yes. yes Darius got a uh, gem of... Seeing, I think, which gave bonuses to perception checks. Uh, you got left a magical crossbow. Um, Dan, I got you the gloves were left of doing. A, you got the the gloves of doing the, the which... cat. That the cat archetype actually made not that good. Yeah, um, that's right. I lost the only thing that interacted with them really, but uh, it gave you yeah, a slight bonus. Mm. And then you got. Um, I got an amulet of mighty fists, which I used for Gia, my Adelon, uh, because she used natural attacks. Yep. So you put that around your. Adolon's neck. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, I liked it. it. Sort of tied. It, 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 there was a reason to show up for a will reading because apparently, otherwise, it was just everything goes to Kendra. Yeah, it, it was literally everything well, goes to Kendra. Wasn't it everything um, goes to Kendra? Plus, you guys can do this work for me, and you'll get some money at the end of it. Yeah, I've left you a thousand gold pieces if you guys house sit house sit for thirty days. Yeah, and, and then take books to Leprechaun. Right, which I is essentially it. just a we got to keep the PCs here for a little while. So when you know the crazy, you know, the my the crazy friends. stuff starts going off. You my know. dear friends, in my will, I have left you a FedEx question. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were also, boy, that would not have been. I know from you know living with the GM behind the scenes again, a little concerned about the fact that everyone in the party was an alternate archetype or class. So we were kind that's true. Of, there was no we base classes. Group, no base classes. No true fighter. No true cleric. Mm -hmm. yep. No so true. There, no true spellcaster. There were no true spellcaster because my spell list was incredibly <laughs> limited, and not even a real bard. Actually, uh, not <laughs> even a real bard. No. At first level, I was a straight up fighter because you didn't lose anything from first level. That's it's one second levels when I started. That is true. We, we were a true. little concerned that as soon as we met the ghost, we were all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with no cleric and no real spellcasting. Yeah, that was one of the things I felt most about my character was, in retrospect, that losing that ability to channel prime energies. Kind of key when you're fighting ghosts. Yeah, that's true. But I was so sure I we were going to die. I think I we all, so I think we all pulled through. Okay. Also, you know, Father Grimborough uh, generously donated you guys some stuff along the way. Yeah, we we just get didn't punch we steal that, that button. Until stuff, yes, stuff you did. You out. stole you stole a whole bunch of stuff, and then when Father you, what? Well, I did. <laughs> yeah, you guys took a bunch of stuff out of the crypt. Hey, we were told to take that. That's true. That's Especially true. Yeah, by like a dead guy's diary. Mm-hmm. As yep. you do. Met with Father Grimborough. He was kind of, you know... As played by Ed Asner. Yes, played by Ed Asner. False crypt. Oh, the um, you guys found haunt siphons and ah, yes. um, the spirit palanchettes. Mm -hmm. The haunt siphons. One, just the one singular. Oh, yeah. Palanchette. Siphon off a haunt. You get a fine brandy. <laughs> I, it, it was what'd, a... you guys, what'd you guys think of the haunts? Uh, and the haunt siphons. Okay, it so. seemed to me like I suspect 
that that book wants more haunting going on. We only had mm. one before we went into the prison. Yeah. We, we didn't had... mess around, though. I think... I That's true. You we guys didn't spend any to do time a in town. More time maybe talking to villagers. They didn't seem yeah, to know anything useful. I think there was they, a... They didn't. <laughs> Just because they didn't know anything useful didn't mean that there wasn't stuff going on in town, though. Well, no, of course. That was something I, I think I heard you mention at one point, that you sort of excised a lot of in-town interaction. Yeah. There no, was the trust thing. There was there were the whole trust score. Oh, my God. That you told was, me about that. Wow. There's like 75 different ways to lose trust and about two ways to gain trust. So... With the villagers in Ravengrove. Yeah, with the villagers and yeah, the village God, of three hundred people. What a messy, messy system that with was. Two magic um, items. That could have been so much better. Yes. Well, it's very in genre for the villagers to not trust the newcomers. Oh yeah, they, yeah, well, it makes a mention. It specifically mentions that they're all superstitious and they don't really like you know strangers and such, which is completely and totally understandable, especially in like a Transylvania town. Even though they have a touristy bar. Even though they have a, a theme bar. <laughs> A theme bar and two magic item stores. And two magic honestly, item stores, which Dan yeah. never let go. So this day, <laughs> well, no, why does Raven Grow with a population of 290 people have two magic stores well, in it? Who's buying that stuff? <laughs> That's what I really want to know. One, okay, one uh, ex- uh, eccentric old wizard who, who's who a tutor has scrolls, or something, yes. selling some scrolls and potions. Okay, I can believe that. But there's like another one, like a, a magic pawn shop. It's like, who is... I think I'll just, you know, someone's sitting in leopard style, like, I need to raise some cash. I'll just drop down to Ravengrow. Sell yeah. my stuff at the magic pawn shops. Yeah. I understand why you do it, because you want the first, the beginning base to have, to have resources available to the PCs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. And it was kind just of, kind of ridiculous. And All it right. was kind of important, this, based on what we were going to be up against shortly. Well, okay. yep. and we also did find that, um, Flesh Golem. Yes, the Flesh Golem manual. Yeah. Yep. At one of the magic pawn shops, which had some good, you know, foreshadowing. Yep, there was that, a, that book had been stolen from Lippich.University, and you guys you guys managed to scrounge up some cash, mostly just borrowed it from Kendra. Yep. And um, <laughs> the, the Lorimer estate. And, uh, and they purchased that and then returned it to Lippich.University. The, um, nice. the value of that book is probably more than the entire rest of the town put together. Uh, yes, that's true. That <laughs> is seven annual incomes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, wow. but that can happen. You know, odd, valuable items can turn up anywhere. So no, that's, that's okay. Correct. But it was still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But so, we didn't, we didn't mess around in the town. We no. followed yep. Professor Lorimer's advice to rob the false crypt in Phrasma's cemetery. So yep. we got the haunt siphons to allow us to deal with hauntings. And then we took off for Harrowstone. We gathered a little information about Harrowstone, that it was a prison, there had been a terrible riot, and it burned to the ground, and it's clearly now haunted. Now, the, the haunt <clears throat> siphons were a magic item that's like a little grenade, almost. Yep. You throw it at a haunt. You don't releases, even have to throw it, you just, you just pop open it. It releases a burst of, of positive energy, and then yep. it becomes suffused with the haunt's negative energy, yep. turning it then into a grenade-like weapon we could use against... Something that wasn't undead. Yes. Do we keep those? Do we still have those? Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys still uh, have them. Yep. You have not thrown them at anyone. I keep forgetting. For the that. like D six negative energy. No, damage it's more than that, isn't it? No, I don't think so. No. It does two D six positive energy damage to haunts when you, you know, open for them. any undead, isn't it? And then, no, I think it's just haunts. Haunts and ghosts. Just Maybe haunts. ghosts. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even ghosts. Maybe just haunts. Either way, um, it becomes a, a grenade you can use against the living. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I was never sure, I never really understood, or at least I can't remember understanding at this point, 
why it seemed like we would want to investigate the prison, other than we're in town for a month and there's nothing to um, do. We found some books, Professor Larmer's books that he wanted yep. us to return, which held um, information about necromancy and dark activities. That's true. Which suggested to us that he was on to something, but we knew that he had been killed at Harrow's. Ah, that's he right. Was killed, his body was discovered, was discovered at Harrow's. And, and the we books... knew that his head had been smashed, I think was how yep, it was. Yep, his, his head had been smashed open with a large stone gargoyle, and his jaw was. They, they, extensive damage to the jaw, which prevented a speak with dead spell from being used. Which we knew, courtesy of the books in his study that he wanted us to look after and keep locked up, was something that the Whispering Way typically did to their victims, so yep. that no one could talk about Yeah, we had a book, death. we found a book about the Whispering Way, a book about the Order of the Palatine Eye, who were anti-Whispering Way guys, and I think a, a holy book to Ergothoa. Uh, the Ergothoa book, Undead-focused yeah. goddess, so mm-hmm. it was all like, necromancy town! And I have to say, yep. Kalamaki thought it was very suspicious that a simple fighter would want to flip through all those books. Spoke the language. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on verified madness, studies of the dark tapestry, which is oh, yeah. all of the Cthulhu stuff beyond space and time. The the darkness between the stars, I think, is how they. That describe. hasn't come up yet. It has really? not come up yet. Well, but looking forward to it. Rest yeah. assured that in a horror uh, campaign. A horror campaign is written by. D&D nerds, because let's be honest here, that's what these guys are. Lovecraft will show up eventually. Yeah, you, you, guys, you guys will. At least the public domain aspects. That's very yes. true. Because some of it's not. Yep. So, oh, so as, as far as the in-town, in Harrowstone thing, there are a bunch of things that you guys didn't do in Ravengrove, the mm-hmm. town itself. For instance, you guys, you, I mean, you guys set out on day one, you guys were pounding down the door of Harrowstone. It wasn't until another day and a half later, I think, that... Okay, so, Professor Lorimer's body was being carried, the the day of the burial service, Professor Lorimer's body was being carried to the gravesite by the PCs, and a bunch of, a large, angry mob tries to stop them and prevent them from burying Professor Lorimer in the uh, restlands. Yep. The leader of that was, um, the ringleader's name was Gibbs. Gibbs is the one who eventually becomes possessed by the Splatterman, the the BBEG of Book One, the you know big bad evil guy, mm-hmm. possesses Gibbs, and makes Gibbs start spelling out Vanessa. What's the what was the uh, Vesoriana? Vesoriana, yes, Vesoriana's name, and as soon as her last, as soon as the last letter of her name will be spelled out, she'll be destroyed. So Gibbs. In a, in a possessed, dreamlike state, kills a cat and drains its blood and writes a big V on the statue outside of, of uh, Ravengrove. Mm-hmm. And the PCs, oh, this is great, on day two, see a large gathering of people outside this statue, and they sort of push their way to the front, and there's this giant blood-stained V, like, right underneath the statue. And, like, who could have done this? This is horrible. Is that human blood? It's like, what's going on? And they're like, well... Time to go back to Harrowstone, and they just wandered off down the road. It's not entirely true. That it, it happened exactly like we that. went. No, we used the uh, we used the spirit planchette and got no useful information. That's true. Well, for oh, a little yeah, while, except that the planchette is useless. Um, Darius's eyeballs bled, and yeah, that's true. He, I mean, left, he fell get, backwards and left. You can get blood. some useful information out of it because we have later on. Yep. But we we went we spent at least a day mucking around with that, and we also went and talked to the barkeep about some things. We spent a day in town, but on but, day two it was like 
Yeah, yeah the dance, guys, I was like, this town it. is full of nothing was useful. It, was it the first night that the house got all funny? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Weird, so bizarre things our, our started first happening. Sort of in that. Scary experience was that night when the hallway suddenly like turned green, and who was in that? That was Grift. Oh, Grift that was, was there. We've forgotten about Grift. We had for yeah. yeah, we did forget about Gr- Grift. Grift. Grift was our Bones Oracle. So again, a totally non non core class and build. Yeah, the Oracle is um an interesting uh, divine spellcasting class, but um, the Bones choice makes it a little. Necromantic yep. focused, not really. It's truly your focus. Nope. Yep. So, so the the whole thing, the whole thing with that was was that Gibbs was. I mean, he wasn't remembering any of this. He would just go back to his house and you know wake up the next day and not remember any of it. Yep. But the plan was is that every two or three days Gibbs was going to be possessed and keep on going up. And of course, it was going to escalate from animals to you know humans eventually. And it talks about, you know, if the PCs, the PCs can try and set up traps, they can try and find out, you know, who's doing this, they can try and hunt him down or whatever. And you guys never did any of that. Or we just go kill all the goddamn Or you guys could just destroy all the ghosts in Harrowstone. Well, there's spooky stuff going on and ghosts are involved. I bet this is connected to the necromancers on the ghosts. That tall stone edifice is clearly a dungeon. I (laughs) did not become a ghost puncher for nothing. (laughs) That's true. So was, there's, was the statue of the warden as well? The statue was just a statue of a nameless guard, but the names underneath oh, were was, was in a, remembrance of memorial. all of the guards who so died. So there were some strong clues that we could solve this whole problem by just going to him. I gotta say, I, yes. it never crossed my mind that there was a, a physical agent associated with the letters. I thought they were just no, materializing from telekinesis. Yeah. They, they could have been. Ghosts were just doing it through, you know... The walls bleed. Yes. Which I mean, happened later. In the so... 53rd precinct. I think... Exactly. I think you guys did find <laughs> footprints, though. Like, I think... I don't remember. No, maybe you guys, maybe you guys didn't, didn't have a ranger then. Ghost did not have a ranger then. There might well, not... you, you can track you guys well, first level, bother. though. I didn't remember anything about my character for weeks on end. You know <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so the, the other thing was, I mean, it, it gives a whole bunch of different stuff. I mean, it talks about, you know, Event 3, The Hungry Sturges. That was Ooh. the one... Do you guys remember the... Um, the Piper of Illsmarsh. Yes. The yes. guy who paralyzed people and um, fed them to Sturges. And then fed them to Sturges. Um, Which he controlled with a flute. One of the things was, you know, this can happen anytime the PCs are near a group of mus- musicians, uh, such in a, as in a tavern or while stopping by the town Is there square. a concert in town we didn't know about? Well, you know, I mean, there's musical performances. Yeah. And it, anyway, the thing would be. The if thing would be is bars, somebody have... somebody starts playing a, a wind instrument mm-hmm. and suddenly Sturges come by. Sure, <laughs> like you know stuff like that. Um, event research. Event Four is pretty terrifying. Event Four is the Restless Dead, where undead just decide to start climbing out of graves. Mm. I, I think really we didn't spend too much time messing around. Yeah, I mean, because no, by... when we robbed the crypt, we also made a legitimate visit to the um, Phrasma temple and we got more record information on the prisoners and the fire. So mm-hmm. that's how we knew a little bit about Splatterman and the Lopper. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys rolled really Long good on those lop. knowledge checks. Um, you guys knew. We had an archivist. So yeah, yeah yes, this is true. true. The so archivist There was the Splatterman who was the one who killed people by writing their names. There yep. was the, the lopper. Piper of Ills Marsh who was the one with the Sturges and the flute. The Lopper, who hides in small places, such as privies, <laughs> which became an ongoing theme. 
and would be, wait there for days waiting yeah, Dar- for his car to show up. Darius was very concerned at one point. He would the never go to the privy alone. Privy. <laughs> yep. so, uh, any privy, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere, anytime. The guy who's known for hiding out for a long um, period of time. The Mosswater Marauder yep. was yep. Dwarf <clears> the crying dwarf who crazy and yep. smashed his wife's brains in. Mm-hmm. And one, one more. more. Father Charlatan. Father Charlatan. Indeed. He was Ooh, great. There was some suspicion that Father Grimborough was the escaped Father Charlatan. He had a really fun haunt too. That was a blast. He was the possessing one, right? It was that was the one that wrapped up Darius all in chains. Mm-hmm. And then he thought he and was, was like bandages. crushing him. Yeah. To be entirely honest, I do feel that that, that was fun. That Darius's incipient mad paranoia had good good justification. He did seem to be the target of a lot of stuff. Yep. He did. That was a pretty tough. Darius and Griff took the brunt of those haunts. Yeah. Yep. Griff also got a creepy piece of paper. Oh, that was great. Oh man, what a lot of fun that was. Oh yeah. So one of the one of the things that talks about, you know, screwing with the PCs' heads was this fantastic was this fantastic way of if the PCs ever decide to go back to the graveyard, one of the PCs can just sort of take a cur uh, you know a curious look around and they will see their names on one of the tombstones and I'm like this is great like that's really fun and really interesting and then the piece you guys you guys were casing the restlands trying to figure out which which tomb you guys wanted to you said that your player was your character was doing gravestone etchings and um, rubbings and I'm like, this is brilliant. So I ended up creating five just random random people's names and dates that they died. And then I wrote in Griff's name on the sixth sheet of paper and then let you know, and then just went over to um Annie and said, Well here, they you know, the they just left this on the coffee table in the foyer area and it's, you know, five pieces of paper and you know, she, Griff picks him up and is flipping through him and then Griff sees his own name and the the his birth date and the day of the fire and it said, Come come be with us forever or some crazy and, something and like that. That was also funny because Griff that the name of the, we, we, the character was a pseudonym, wasn't the, the actual yep. name? Yes, Griff was doing, going to great lengths to conceal his slash her. Yes, that's right. That's yes. what it was. It was Griff, and it was Griff's real name was was on the gravestone rubbing, ah. and Griff flipped out, like slamming on people's doors, like demanding, and and they're and like, the "What are you talking on. about?" and Griff slams the piece of paper into somebody's face, and the person takes it and looks at it, and it's just some random name, mm-hmm. not Griff's. And then Griff snatches it back and looks at it, and it's, it was someone else's name, someone else's date of birth, someone else's death. Was it was good, a good lot of fun. But, grave, but gravestone rubbings, I'm like, this is too good to pass up. So you just take five pieces of paper or six pieces of paper, whatever it was, and then just slip Griff's in there and then take it out and then hand it to everybody else. That was a lot of fun. All of those things, it was the Flying Sturges come in into the tavern. And then the final one was the PCs get called to a town meeting. And then while everyone in the town is gathered inside the town hall, the doors slam shut and seal and the building catches on fire. This would be while we're voting on the, uh, on the road, on the road grading. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, this, this was, this was if the PCs decide to stay in town and like, you know, are, are mingling with cool people. Deals. And I mean, 
had I really wanted to, I could have worked out ways to keep you guys in town and, and do all these things, but you guys seem pretty gung-ho about just going and, and banging down the door of Harrowstone and kicking ghost ass, so... We're professional adventurers with a month and nothing to do. <laughs> I guess that. I didn't become a ghost puncher for nothing. That's true. So, so I mean, you guys, you guys went off to Harrowstone, and that we was that. We went to Harrowstone, and I was very nervous about traps. But we didn't really run into traps. We ran into haunts instead, which are even more frightening. Mm-hmm. So yep. we hit our haunts first, are the new traps. We hit our first haunt in the doorway, and I think Griff got that one. It was it was the front gates. You guys opened up the front gates, and Griff took two steps inside, even not even inside the building yet, and immediately felt like uh, her skin, his skin was on fire, mm. and you know, was breathing in smoke. And then that was that was the first real haunt. Mm-hmm. And even getting into the, the prison was irritating because uh, the, uh-huh. the gates weren't working. We were going around climbing over things, and there were ghouls in the pool or something like that. Yes. It was three Ghouls burning skeletons. Ah, yes, yeah. that was they you guys. slowly lit into flame as they came yep. out of the pond. We didn't initially get the hang of the haunt siphons. It wasn't. It was after that session, I think, because I I know I went yep. home and said I don't understand what a haunt is and what the siphon does. And but once we sort of sorted out that a haunt is kind of a ghost, but it's atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what you use a haunt siphon on. Then you say, "Aha! I do yeah. have a tool for this situation." <laughs> Yeah, you guys were doing pretty well with those. Yeah, the haunts were a, were a pretty neat mechanism. They weren't hyper-dangerous to the point where we couldn't deal with them. No, and we had the siphons uh, for them. And we had the siphons yeah. for them. They were nervous. And they were, it wasn't, the, the cool thing was, it wasn't just, you didn't just need to use a haunt siphon. There was other ways to sort of, to counteract the haunts. I mean, I remember you guys, you guys were trying to kick open the doors or something. I think you guys ended up, Kicking down the doors of that main foyer room and didn't end up having to spend a haunt siphon. Didn't it wind up being that art, the artifacts of the ghosts were tied to haunts, or was it just tied to defeating the ghosts themselves? There, oh, that was that was they became aids to defeating them. So, for instance, the lopper who used to hide in cabinets and cut people's heads off with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. The prison still had his hatchet. We found the property room. We you found the property room, and you found his hatchet along with the Piper of Ilsmarsh, uh, Piper of Ilsmarsh's um, flute and the hammer, hammer, the hammer and Splatterman's spell book, and the holy symbols of and the holy symbols Father of Father Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And they all had specific things. Um, for instance. You got bonuses on your saving throws against Father Charlatan if you were the one who got possessed, if you if you were carrying his holy symbols. Mm-hmm. The Splatterman wouldn't attack anyone that was carrying his book. Interesting. Because oh. he didn't want to damage his book or something so like if that. If did damage yep. the book, it did damage to him as well. Yes, you could. Oh, that was the other thing. You could rip out the pages of the Splatterman spell book, and that would do damage to him. Um, the we moss, just ended up burning the whole thing, which was not quite... You guys torched thing. it all in one go, which did a substantial amount of damage, but not as much had you ripped out pages one at a time. All the, the, the key ghosts we were up against all had sort of non-combat-y ways to at least reduce their effectiveness and make yep. defeating them <clears throat> easier. Yeah. Yep, and the Mosswater Marauder and the Piper of Illsmarsh were both haunts. They were not, in fact, ghosts. Yeah, that took Splatterman was a ghost... The Lopper was a wraith, and no, Father Charlatan was also a haunt. So, yep, Father Charlatan um, possessed Darius, Mm -hmm. and 
Boy, I guess. Darius handled that really well. No wonder he he stayed in Ravengrove. This life is not for me. I need to write my epic poems. Been molested by haunt after haunt. I'm going to stay where I've been molested. Darius in Father Charlemagne's haunt woke up thinking that he was like swaddled in bandages in a temple somewhere. He was the the thing was is that Father Charlemagne was trying to was possess the last person to leave his his uh, jail cell. Mm -hmm. And then when the time was right, like when you guys were being attacked at the most opportune time, Father Charlatan would then try and possess you. And the thing was is that Darius woke up, and he woke up in a pretty much non-denominational temple and sits up and, you know, Father Charlatan, who um, who uh, had the appearance of, of a thinner, red-haired man, told Darius that Darius had died in Harrowstone and his friends, you know, Darius's friends, you guys paid to have him paid him to have him resurrected. We don't do that. Should have known but they had but they had to leave, so it's just him. But he needs to come with Father Charlatan now, and like here, come towards the light. And like Darius is sort of leaning against Father Charlatan, trying to figure out what's going on. And Father Charlatan's like bringing him closer and closer to the light. Mm-hmm. And you guys are like pouring holy water on Darius because <laughs> Darius is actually laying in a pool of water, all bound up with like. Glowing chains. white ghost chains and is being crushed. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> and we're mainlining him some holy water. Yeah, you guys were like. We went through a lot of holy water. You guys used a lot of holy water. It's good. Well, you know, Father Grimborough had plenty. So. Um, He's water. We found some of the prison records and we found you the ghost the of the warden's wife, which mm-hmm. was like the saddest sad that ever was sad. <laughs> yeah. That was very sad. She was. It was really hard it was, to leave her. It was fun to play her. I too. was a little touched by how much you got into that. It was fun to. It was fun to do it because I mean she had she had no short term memory. Like she didn't have any memory at all. So she didn't know who you guys were and was trying to figure out what was going on and remembered like the last thirteen minutes of her life, which was alarms going like. Her wondering where her husband was because the prison riot. The prison riot happened, but uh, I suddenly can't remember her name. Soriana. Miss Soriana, yeah, was locked in a room, and the guards sort of forgot about her, and, and unfortunately, she, she died. Mm-hmm. So that's all she fires. really remembers. She remembers that her husband is trapped downstairs, and she can hear him, or she could hear him up until two weeks ago when the Whispering Way ended up stealing his soul. And yeah. taking off with it, which is why all of the prisoner, go- all the ghost prisoners are now active. So mm-hmm. she's left fighting the Spider-Man and losing. She's trying to, she's trying to keep them all contained in Harrowstone, and it's not working so well because she's, she's not as strong-willed as her husband, or at least not in ghost form. And she lacks the authority of the warden. She wants. Oh, that's badge. right. The symbol, the the warden's badge was the was the official sort of holy symbol that the warden was keeping all these ghosts contained with. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have that, don't we? Yes, I have You it. guys do still have that. It, it's what actually a rod of ectoplasmic something. Metamagic. Yeah, it's a metamagic rod now. It just looks like a badge. It just happens to look like a badge, but if you hold the badge in one hand and cast a spell in the other, it becomes a force effect. Hmm. Yep. Um, it's pretty awesome. I would recommend using that when you fight ghosts. You don't well, have any if spells I ever that get would... some offensive spells. <laughs> you will never, have, you will you can, never have any spells. You can take you can take dark tentacles, and won't the ghosts be surprised? <laughs> <laughs> the dark That's tentacles. Really 
really great reach idea. Reach out with ectoplasmic energy exactly and wrap around the ghost. Up till the moment, all I have is acid splash, so I can do 1d4 of yeah, force damage. You were acid splashing everything. I was. There was an awful lot of acid. Spell I had. It worked okay. And now, I didn't have any buff spells yet either. Really. What if she summoned a rhinoceros 10 feet up? Does that count? <laughs> an ectoplasmic rhinoceros? Ectoplasmic I have rhinoceros. tried to argue that before, that if I am summoning a creature, clearly I can summon a ghost touch creature, but it... <laughs> Have you tried anyway, to argue so, that you summon creatures directly over people? I haven't. The, that is, I certainly could. Yeah, I don't think so. They appear wherever I want them to appear. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Anyways. so Vissoriana doesn't know who the PCs are. She assumes that they're guards. She she keeps on asking. So guardy. She keeps on asking where her husband is. She's confused and alone and sad. And it was it was it was good. That was a that was a good way to play that up. It worked really well. Of course, thought she was annoying. It was really hard. Chorus thought she, that everyone was annoying. Well, she was a real tool. Remember tools. anything more than about four sentences ago? Not so entirely. it was really hard. Yes, that's right. It she was really yeah. hard to reassure her that we were going to help, and she was very distressed, which I I found yep. disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that we eventually was. just had to leave her and go about our business in the prison. Yep. Sit here in the dark and suffer, lady. We'll fix everything. But and then you got attacked by flying manacles and all. Then you got died. you got attacked by animated straitjackets. You guys got attacked by a poltergeist. Straitjackets and the poltergeist weren't bad. It was the branding room, which talk about you know. Oh, the branding, the branding the irons, irons that immediately irons. heated up and um, attacked you guys. Yes, that was the fun. branding irons flying around. That was an and, excellent haunt as well. Yeah. And that we got quite screwed over. That combat went on and on and on and mm-hmm. on, and on. Nobody could hit anything. Not even no, the manacles no, were hitting. Nobody hit yeah. anything. Yeah, I was rolling terrible. I had the best attack, but I was rolling terrible. You had a good attack <laughs> with the crossbow, and we're also rolling terrible. The manacles were like, we're flying around in the ceiling doing nothing all day long. Yep. It was it was, it was kind of funny. It so many ghost touch bolts were wasted in that room. Yeah. The, um, the straight jacket... The straight, the animated straight jacket fight was fun. It ended up getting wrapped around Griff's head. It was like suffocating Griff. That was fun. That was kind of goofy. It was fun on my end anyway. You guys were like trying to pull this thing off. Grim and horrifying from a player's perspective. Yeah, sure, whatever. That's that fun. Yeah, grim and horrifying. The Splatterman was our last thing. He was way down the yep. far side of the face. Well, you know, I mean, big bad evil guy. Yeah, yeah. But the mm-hmm. approaching him, we were so prepared. Yeah, you guys cast a lot of buff spells before you guys went into that was moderately dangerous, but at no point were we ever in any real danger. We were well prepared, and we had good luck in the fight. We did get a little freaky occurrence where we all got mesmerized by the wall on the way there, Mm, and the wall started to bleed. The walls were bleeding with your letters, your initials. But we we started scrubbing them out on the wall, which was good. Only time I ever cast Create Water. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, Father Charlatan, I really enjoyed that. That was fun. That was Father Charlatan was upstairs. He waited for you guys to get halfway down the rope, and the ectoplasmic creatures. You guys remember the ectoplasm? Oh, them ghosts, okay. creatures. Ah, yeah. The undead ectoplasm things came up out of the water and attacked you guys. Mm. And Darius was halfway on the rope, and that's when Father Charlatan decided it'd be a good idea to make him have a will save. So, of course, he failed it and plummeted, fell into the water, and then you guys were trying to fight off the ectoplasmic things while Darius was in the process of drowning and being crushed. Drowning in a foot of water. Yep. <laughs> yes. That was fun. Remember, so, another component understandably. of the, the creepy for me was we found, you know, a secret torture chamber 
yes. downstairs, and that's where we ended up finding the warden's badge was Ooh, in a set yeah. of bones on the rack. So yep. the prisoners clearly got their hands on him for a while before he died. Yeah, that was unfortunate because the, I mean the book the book specifically states that yeah the warden was long was dead for a while before Vesoriana even found out about the riots, which is... And that's where the Iron Maiden was that was possessed in. Makes it really bad. <laughs> yeah. Crap. One thing that I... One thing... One problem that I had with the lower level was that there were just way too many incorporeal things. Like... Yeah. One of these... Bad. One of these five guys, I really regret not making the Whopper a corporeal undead. Like, I just shouldn't... Yeah, he was oh, a race and incorporeal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one more ghost thing. Mm-hmm. I really should have made him. I really should have made him like a ghoul or a ghast or something. That's like, I think my that would have been so much better about the overall adventure path. Now that we are in book yep. three, too many ghosts on the dance that, floor. Yeah, I can see that they're theming the modules. So book two was Golem City, and yep. book three is, appears to be Werewolf O'Clock. Yep. Um, (laughs) yeah that's um, the thing and so there are definite upsides to sort of theming things that way but they're not getting a lot of variety into each theme so it's like oh here's a flesh golem here's another flesh golem here's another flesh golem here's a here's an incorporeal undead here's another incorporeal undead here's another incorporeal undead it's subtly statted to be different but all we see is oh they have dr10 yeah yeah that's true yeah that's true so I think had I had I made any changes, I didn't make a lot of changes in mm-hmm. this in this game. But I think had I made one change, it would have been at least one. Probably the Lopper is gonna would be the guy to make. Uh, you know, I mean, the CR five. Like it wouldn't be difficult to find a, a corporeal undead. Pathfinder series have a lot of undead options. Yeah, you got a lot of options there. It's true. So many templates. Yeah. Yep. It's true. That was one thing I, I was thinking about um, was uh, like all these caches of weapons we were finding to be things like holy water and um, ghost touch bolts and arrows and all that. But it seemed like the the melee people were sort of getting left out of the cold in terms of stuff that could hit a ghost. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Like, I think the assumption oil takes half damage. Yep. I think the assumption there so was damaging. was that you guys were going to get buffed by the cleric or the wizard in the group. Mm-hmm. I think the thing was was that by by the top floor, by second and third level, I think the assumption was is that you guys were just going to be getting magic weapons, you know, magic weapon put on your weapons yep. to do but this crawl. Since we had a magic special party. Don't have. I had magic cars. weapon. I cast it a couple times on people. That's you true. Had magic I weapon? Yeah, I swapped yeah. it out a while ago, but I don't have. Yep, it's gone now. And I mean, that's why. That that was the that was the other thing. That's why I gave you guys heirloom items at the beginning of this because we're such a such a diverse group. Mm-hmm. Because nice you guys didn't have yeah because you guys didn't have a a focused healer and because you guys didn't have a focused caster. I was like Father Grimbrough is gonna just keep on pushing healing potions and like haunt siphon. Good, great. Let me just you guys used all three of your haunt siphons here. Let me just pour the evil energy out of this and give you back a new haunt siphon. <laughs> you, you, you put them in the, you put them in the thing. You know, light is green, siphon's clean. Yeah, the, light, the ecto containment unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Father Grimbrough just you know fire that machine up. Yeah, the, uh, the phrasma, phrasma Yeah, the phrasma <laughs> 
And, you know, there's no guy from the New York Health and Safety Commission to try and shut you yeah, down. Yeah, Walter no. Peck does not live in this <laughs> Walter, lot, man. Walter Peck is I not mean, Walter Pickle does, but he's totally <laughs> Walter Pickle. <laughs> yeah, see, this is what I put up with. Anyway. Yeah. He, he's different. He's agricultural. So that was so that was the thing, is that Father Grimbrough is just going to keep on giving you guys stuff. Because, I mean, it was really the only way to... I mean, it's not the only way to do it. I could have said, you know, suck it up, rub some dirt on it, and get back in the prison. But Make a new PC. That wouldn't work. Right? Yeah, that's not a very fun system. So. Yeah. No, I liked it. It, it worked out well. and w- yep. It felt hard at the time, but we got through it. I think Father yeah. Grimbar should have just joined the party. Yeah, that would have been terrible. <laughs> no, the fine tradition of NPC clerics comes in later in the adventure path. That's true. Yes. That's true. We get one of those later. Yeah. He's only with the party for like... One he will out. always be with us in our hearts. So this book is you. The prison is now safe. Prison's now safe. However many days you guys have left, back to Kendra, spending, you got a month to hang out. Spending at the house. Yeah, you guys beat Harrowstone in like three days. So you guys had like twenty-seven days to just sort of chill out and relax. Sit at the zombie-themed theme bar. Uh, All yeah. the Skellerita please. Oh, that was the that was the <laughs> other thing. That was the other thing. The map of Ravengrow. This was this was kind of cool. I enjoyed this. The map of Ravengrove pretty much had Professor Lorimer's house, like, right here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure Anne on the map is Professor Lorimer's place. I didn't want to do that. I wanted Professor Lorimer's place to be an Adams Family house, like, all the way up at the top of a hill. Yeah. And the thing for me was, was that, you know, the PCs wander into a town and, like, have no idea where anything is. One cool thing was the fact that I could introduce Zokar, who's the owner of the theme bar. Ah, yes. Zokar uh, Elkarid. And Zokar Elkarid showed up to, you know, bring groceries to Kendra, and he's like, hey, why don't I take you guys on a tour? So you guys went through Ravengrow, and he pointed out where everything was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was like, nice. here's the blacksmith shop, like, here's this thing, here's and this then place. then you suspected him of being a cannibal. Then you guys suspected yeah. of being a can- being a cannibal, and you guys refused to eat food there. <laughs> Which is good, I suppose, I mean, in a way, because, you know... It smelled funny. He did smell kind of funny a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Like he was eating fiddles you can't read or raise nearby. We can raise them. Yeah, that. Anybody can do that. Oh. So anyway. Don't even need a license. So, like Toby mentioned earlier, each of these modules we played through so far has been themed around sort of um, a set of tropes or particular... Yep. Horror tropes. Yep. Horror tropes. This one was ghosts and ghost-like things. Yep. Ghosts and haunts. Creepy undead stuff, mm. and as Dan, Dan keeps likening them to Hammer horror movies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this I mean, book, this book talks about. I mean, the mention Hammer yeah, the, horror. The forward, the yeah, yeah. The the one, the adventure path that I'm running in the in the forward part. They're like, and here's some music that might go with it, and here's some movies people might have seen that are related to this. Yep. In my case, it's you know, mine is like you know Gilligan's Island, but you know still. <laughs> <laughs> really. Well, that no. Did I wish it was. Have cannibals because we've got cannibals. So here's so here's the castaways thing. Castaways are all castaways, man. No, it's Robinson Crusoe. They talk about. So here's the here's the final paragraph. They talk about so whether you're eager to see how your PCs fare against foes like Doctor Frankenstein, the Headless Horseman, Carmilla, and mad beings from beyond the stars, or you're preparing a campaign of horror to unsettle players and characters alike. The Carrying Crown Adventure Pass starts off this month with one of the most fundamental types of terror... T- what? One of the most fundamental types of terror tale. A ghost story. I mean, that's... Horseman, that'd be cool. They have this Horseman school. Mm-hmm. Well, I you know, there's the future. 
four more books we got to get through. No, wait. We're on book no, this, this We're three. on book three, and there's only six. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, only six. And I was just going to say, clearly we're enjoying it because we're on book three out of six. Yes. That's right. We haven't given up in disgust and anger yet. That's true. There were some moments in book two where oh. frustrations ran high. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll keep on to that plowing we'll through. Get to that like I say, day. man, I had a perfect solution for that. Arrest the guy and burn down his house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, let me just say, the paladin came up with the plan to arrest the guy and burn down his house. <clears throat> I'd like to say that arresting him would be totally justified. <laughs> burn he down did say house. arrest first, not burn down yeah, house. Exactly. And arrest who comes screaming out of Yeah, anyone who survives the burning. Burning the house down might have been excessive, but arresting uh, him I think would have been totally A paladin in Ustalov, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is this is what you get. The Order of the Golden Pickle. Yeah. Alright, so, Hunter, do you have any uh, closing thoughts on The Haunting of Harrowstone? I really enjoyed it. It was a really good, it was a really good opener. Um... There's there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with this. Um, it's very easy to modify, and I had a blast running it. Dan? I got sick of the ghosts and the haunts and the incorporeal things, and it was, it's They're... all a great idea. Ghost story, no problem. But this was like 84 ghost stories in a building. There were <laughs> there were a lot of ghosts. Anyone out there planning on you know running this thing, look well, downstairs in the basement actually, and maybe switch out the There were only two ghosts. But there are an awful lot of ghost-like things. It was That's like a true. constant things thing. indistinguishable. Are you suggesting disease? this was Spook Central? <laughs> it was indeed uh... Spook Central. Toby. Um, well, I, unlike apparently everyone else in the campaign, did find parts of it genuinely creepy. Um, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the creepy atmosphere, and I really liked creating it too. That was fun. That was a lot of fun for me. Um, and I, I had some serious doubts about our wacky party going in. <laughs> I was so sure we were all gonna die, but it ended up it, it worked out, and we managed to balance things out. And Hunter made some adjustments to keep us from totally failing and drowning. Um, the items were a big help, but I, I liked it, and you know we're still playing, so yeah, it's still good. I like my summon and my Adolon. Yeah, Gia the Adolon sort of ruled that first module. Yeah, she did. <laughs> did a lot of damage. Make perception checks. Gia finds it. Yeah, yes. that that skill. Gia yeah, and Horus took... did all the combat, and Gia did all the perception. Gia took because the way Adolons work is they have evolution points that can be spent on enhancing their abilities, and they don't. They do level like characters do, but they don't level at quite the same rate. So you don't get more hit points every level, you don't get more skill points every level, but you do always get evolution points. So one of the evolutions that she took was a skill focus, which she took mm-hmm. in perception, which gave a plus eight additional bonus to perception. So she yeah. started at level one with, I think, a plus... What was she at? Cause it's it was plus, like seven or eight. It was at least a plus ten mm-hmm. starting perception. So she could see all the things. She saw all the things all the time. Yes, and uh, I enjoyed the game. I'm I uh, have always been a little lukewarm on the the Inquisitor class, but um, I'm sticking with him because he's he's still going. <laughs> and but uh, I, I I was happy to get into a regular uh, ongoing campaign that I wasn't running, so that was fantastic. Much yeah. much appreciated. 
And none of you guys are wearing giant trench coats and witch hats, and I will I never forgive you. I have a big you. coat and a big hat. It's all my character sheets. I don't recall anything like, about hats. Well, you guys it's are required. The first item on your character sheet should be a Van Helsing coat. I want to see that. The top, under under character items or like inventory list, Women. big coat. Written in large letters on the top of your character sheets. The so smart adventurer wears a tight jacket because there's just too much encumbrance <laughs> involved in a giant flappy Van Helsing coat. I wear, I wear brightly colored surcoats and tabards. So everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Carnage Cast on the haunting of Harrowstone. Uh, I'm Tyler and I want to thank my co-hosts this week, Hunter, Dan, and Toby. And uh, thank you very much guys for coming on. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com. <laughs>